Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. Uh, before we jump in, I just wanted to hop on and share a little bit with you guys. We have our very first interview today, and I think you're going to like it. The interviews have been a blast, and I think I prefer the interviews to solo episodes. We're still going to keep with the the format where it's both solo and interviews, but I don't know. There's just something really magical about having these deep, fully present conversations. Anyways, I just wanted to jump on because I'm actually in Europe. I'm in Portugal right now as I'm recording this and reflecting back on the first episode that was aired last week. So much has changed since then. I recorded that in early December. And since then, I actually unexpectedly had gotten laid off from my job. Yeah, it's been a really crazy couple of weeks. And I had this big trip to Europe that had been previously planned. I had honestly thought about canceling, but I've had such an amazing time solo traveling. And I'm totally going to do an episode going over how everything went down and everything that I've been fortunate to learn through this trip. So I'm excited for that. I just want to be fully transparent. And it's funny how fast things can change. Listening back to that episode, some of the things I was saying about how great my job was, it's just it's funny, you know, laughs on me. So yeah, I will fill you guys in on all of that in probably a few weeks. Other than that, I hope you enjoy this episode. Before we get into that, I'll go over the contest and some of my offerings. Thank you so much. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to go over a few things with you guys. So first, I'm running a contest for the first few months of the podcast, and I also wanted to go over some of my offerings in case you are looking for extra support in some area of your life. Maybe something that I offer will be able to help you out. If you don't want to listen to any of these, no hard feelings, feel free to fast forward straight to the episode, but I really appreciate it if you can stick around and listen to these updates. So for the contest, I will be drawing a winner on the 15th of February, 15th of March, and 15th of April, 2023. There are a few different prizes that I will be offering the winners, but just to give you a glimpse of what those prizes are, it could be books that I really found helpful during my growth journey, or a coaching session, or a reading with me. How you can enter is it's super simple. All you have to do is email screenshots, and there are no limit on how many entries you can submit each month, but the entries just can't be duplicates. So take a screenshot showing that you are subscribed to the podcast take a screenshot showing that you have left a review or take a screenshot showing that you have shared an episode with a friend by screenshotting the text, DM, email, etc. and email all of those screenshots to a restless soul at gmail.com. That is in the show notes if you need to take a look at it. But basically, it's just the podcast name at gmail.com. Also, check out the show notes to subscribe to my email list. I do send out a free healing meditation every month, and that's also the best way to hear about any new offers or specials that I have. Let's get into some of the offerings. Of course, I am doing human design readings where we can really dive deep into your human design chart and help you feel confident in your human design journey. 
Living in accordance with your human design will really help you come into alignment and it'll also bring you to such a deep place of self-acceptance. I also offer a mini version of the readings. So if you're just looking to dip your toe in or have a very specific area in your chart that you'd like to focus on, or these are also really great if there's someone in your life that you're looking for more insight. That could be a child, a parent, a partner, a coworker, a boss, etc. But this will also help you have a more harmonious relationship with that person and give you insight as to how you can best support that person. Another offering is energy readings. In these, I tap into your energy and pick up on any blockages and any messages that you need at this time. These can get pretty deep, so I do offer an upgraded version that comes with three integration sessions where in those we do either coaching or energy work. It's really tailored to what you need, but these will help you bring the messages into your everyday life. Something that I see too often is we can get a lot of different information from various sources, but if we're not actually applying that information and grounding that into our life, then honestly, it's really hard to get to the level of transformation that you've been seeking. The last thing that I'm offering is aura realignment sessions, and I absolutely love these. So these are energy healing sessions that we do over Zoom, and I actually go into your aura, comb through it, and find different blockages, harmful patterns, etc. And then we're able to pinpoint where the blockage actually originated. These are so powerful and healing, and I have been blown away by the progress some of my clients have made in just a few sessions. You can also always book a short complimentary consult if you're unsure which offering is right for you or just to make sure that we're a good fit. The link to book with me is in the show notes if you're interested. All right, everyone, welcome back to A Restless Soul. I'm really excited about our guest today. Today, we are going to be chatting with Mike Lazier, aka Astrology Wolf. He has 25 years of astrology experience. And for those of you who are interested, he is a Sagittarius sun, Taurus rising, and a Scorpio moon. And in human design, he is a 1-3 generator with emotional authority. So welcome, Mike. How are you doing today? Hi, Liz. Doing great. How about yourself? Good. And just for the listeners, before we start the interview, I thought it would be fun to share how we met. So we were in the same life coach certification class and we got assigned as each other's partners. So we spent around six weeks coaching each other. And now we know way too much about each other, but we became (laughs) friends out of it. And we actually got to meet in person in Denver a couple months ago, which was super cool. I've had a few readings with Mike and he's amazing. I think you guys are going to really like today's episode. Cool. Thanks, Liz. Looking forward to it as well. All right. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into astrology? Yeah, absolutely. So I think my story is slightly unusual in that a lot of people will get into this a little bit later in their lives. For me, I actually started when I was a kid. My mom was an astrologer and she doesn't practice anymore, but she taught me growing up how the planets worked and the signs and the aspects from when I was probably about 9, 10, 11 years old. I remember coming home from school and she would give me like little astrology lessons and talk to me about her chart and my chart and how the transits worked. And I was really interested right away, but kind of the mathematics of it and you know how it influenced life events. And so it was sort of my religion almost growing up in the absence of any kind of traditional spirituality. I found it fascinating. And, you know, from a very early age, I started kind of looking at 
aspects and birth charts and even as a kid. And so that's kind of when I began and how I first got into it. That is so cool. That is amazing that your mom's an astrologer. I did not know that. What was that like having an astrologer mom? Were you telling your friends about it? Or was it more something that was like a little bit private in the household? (laughs) I grew up in uh, the Minneapolis metro in the 90s and 80s and 90s. And back then, astrology back then was not what it's become today, where it's sort of become very popular pop culture. You know, it's all over TikTok and Instagram. And I kept it pretty much to myself then. I think my brother got into it a little bit as well. He found it kind of interesting and we all sit around dinner and talk about it. My friends didn't really know about it. I didn't come out with it in terms of something that I do until much later on in life, like after high school. But I did look forward to it. And I, I still remember reading my mom's giant ephemeris book and seeing like, oh, you know, Pluto's going to be heading in Scorpio and Sagittarius. And like, I even remember some of the different aspects that were going on back then. I'm like, wow, it's amazing you know, how slow some of these outer planets go and like the lessons that go along with that. But those are some of my earliest memories. That is amazing. As a kid, like knowing about astrology, was that helpful for you? I think that I would say yes. There, It it gave me a good lesson early on in my life, which was the idea of like waiting for certain aspects or transits or things to occur before you make certain decisions in life. Or like I remember my mom would talk about like, oh, I don't want to fly during this transit or go on trip or something. I, I learned very early on, well... It's not a lot of people's lives can get very like caught up and influenced by the planets and (laughs) astrology as a whole. And, you know, you start making life decisions based very much on what aspects you're going to see. And I learned that that wasn't always the best idea. And I also learned that you take with it an appreciation for the energies of the transits and the aspects and not base all your life decisions around it. So I'd say in that case, I learned a pretty valuable lesson early on about control and like what you can do as a human being versus what uh, fate decides you do, <laughs> which I think is valuable as a kid. So it's kind of hard to answer whether that's good or bad, but I would say good in the big picture, but it was a little bit difficult at times to understand as a young kid and teenager. Wow. So this is kind of a deep question, but what would you say is your philosophy when it comes to astrology and how do you approach it? How do you incorporate it into your life? That is a great question. And I think that astrology, like anything, is all about what you make of it. You know, for me, it's energy. And I think that we very much as human beings create our own reality. So if you look at things like quantum mechanics and, you know, how we observe something and then it becomes real, I think like all beliefs to a degree have an element of that. Um, All spiritualities and religions. And I think, you know, what is reality? I think that if you believe that the planets influence our daily actions and our personalities and how we connect with one another... In a strange way, we kind of make it a real thing. I don't pretend to understand how that works, but I've seen way, way too many <laughs> examples over the years that are just like incredibly accurate in almost a scary way. Like you can almost see things coming. Whether or not that means I birth them into reality, I don't really know, or even if I have control over that. But it is a very deep question and it's not one easy answer. But I can say that I've seen this work a scary amount of times. And you know, the method behind that, I don't claim to understand, but I claim to be very interested in that method. Cool. So you were talking earlier about how your mom would say, okay, this isn't a good time to take a flight. And I think now that astrology is becoming more popularized, sometimes I see fear mongering and people get really spooked or freaked out about Mercury retrograde. How do you determine the fine line between being aware of the planets versus making life decisions based on the planets, if that makes sense? Yeah, another really good question. 
when it no longer becomes fun, when you find yourself making a lot of your life decisions only after looking at consulting stars. I think that like everything in life, we take things a little bit too seriously sometimes. Astrology is meant to be a fun guide and also something by which you can look and compare your your personal and intuitive growth as a human being. I love looking back at the different milestones I've had in my life. For example, comparing them to the big Pluto transits I've had and becoming kind of a different person. It's sort of like they're along with me on the journey rather than something that's guiding or dictating my journey like anything else. So I think that you could look at major religions and if that's taking over your life and helping you or <laughs> I guess I shouldn't, shouldn't say helping you or like encouraging you to make certain decisions that way might not be good for you. That's when it's time to say, hey, maybe this isn't the healthiest relationship I have with this. And astrology is no different. I mean, if you're about to take a trip to the Caribbean and you're excited about it and oh, wait, Uranus is conjunct Mars on the day of my flight, I better not do this. I don't know. I think that would require a little bit of reflection about whether or not you're using it in a healthy way. Totally. I think that's a really good reminder for everyone. Yes, it's cool that we have these explanations to color what's going on in our daily life. And sometimes it gives us language to an experience we're having that we don't fully get. And it makes it feel a little bit easier to know that there's a reason why I feel super stressed or anxious or things just aren't going the way that I want them to. But remembering, you know, don't let this drive you crazy. You mentioned Pluto transits. I know Pluto's a planet that I'm super interested in. And I think that other people who are listening to this will relate to that too. Can you tell us a little bit about Pluto, where people could find that in their chart and maybe a couple examples of Pluto transits and what those mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny. Because I remember reading about Pluto being demoted as rank of planet not that long ago. I think it was in like 2006. And I also studied some astronomy and I took all these great courses. And I was like, oh man, how can you demote that? It's like clearly it's got enough characteristics to be counted that way. And when you look at it astrologically, it's actually an extremely powerful influence. Pluto in astrology and in someone's, not even just their chart, but especially a transit or progression, Pluto represents the hero's journey. It's the need to let go of something which is holding us back from becoming a better person. And it's one of the most terrifying planets that astrologers look for when the energy comes to go with because you know you have to let something go, especially when the conjunction comes around. A conjunction just means that a transiting planet is hitting the point in your personal chart by which you have a personal planet there. So it's in the same degree. So for example, if your sun is at 23 degrees Sagittarius and Pluto hits that point, it's counted as a conjunction. But Pluto represents the need all of us have to clear and let go of old energy, old baggage, things that hold us back in order to move to a better and more enlightened place. Most people struggle to let things go. And we don't like to say goodbye. And we're afraid of death, you know, the endings. But that's what Pluto is. A lot of astrologers, I think, get this wrong. They look at Pluto and they say, oh, you know, this is about... It's going to bring a powerful new influence into your life. You're going to have a degree of power and like control over others. And while Pluto does have those elements, at its core, what it really does is wash away the old. So sometimes when you have a Pluto transit, nothing new will appear, but you'll have to let go of something. And if you refuse to let go of it, and you're just holding on and holding on and won't budge, it's going to make things so impossible for you that you'll have no choice. So it's very painful. Like imagine like holding on to like a big hot lava rock or something and it's getting hotter and hotter and you just won't let go eventually it's just going to burn your hand off and you'll have no choice so that's sort of the analogy i like to use 
so fascinating. I, I could, I always, I don't know, I really like astrology, but there's so much going on with it. So I'm excited to have someone here that I can pick their brain. If you were to have a client that's coming to you and they're at a place in their life where they're really unhappy, but they don't really know what they want next, they don't know what to do next, that type of person's coming to see you, what are some of the things in your astrology toolbox you're going to use to guide them? Yeah, certainly. So if you're at a critical point in your life and you're saying things aren't going well, you know, maybe it's the relationships, maybe it's the career, financial, anything, there's all sorts of things. And I, I get these questions a lot when I do readings, especially with a new client. Very common, someone will just be in a tough place. And that's when we as human beings like to reach out for spiritual guidance, you know, so to speak, more than any other time. I actually always start with their natal chart and just take a look at their birth chart and say, what is your path in this lifetime? What are you really here to do? Because often we've gotten separated from our natural the way our soul is supposed to progress to get into the next life and take with it our best lessons. A lot of it is just getting back in touch with that and we'll start there. If someone is interested in relationships haven't been working out for them or a career or a specific thing, I can do different types of readings. I always, though, on a first reading, we'll start with the birth chart reading because I need to get to know a client a little bit and kind of what how they've been doing in their journey. And then we can do transits. We can do solar returns, progressions. We can like composites if you have a partner and things aren't working out with synastry. And there's all types of different kinds of readings to do, but I tend to like to do those later on once I get to know the person well. Okay, so a lot of different tools that you can apply depending on what that specific person is dealing with. Mm-hmm. It definitely depends on the client. And, and there's no one size fits all. Everybody has a different path and is dealing with different things. And astrology is just a tool that which can help someone guide them on their journeys. Nice. So you mentioned that something you'll cover in a natal chart reading is someone's intended life path. What are some of the things that you see that gets people off their path? So it really depends. A lot of people will resist the natural energies of some of the transits that hit them at different point in their lives and they won't learn all the lessons or they have certain aspects in their birth chart which they just can't seem to work through the energies and then more and more transits will hit them and make things harder and harder for them over the course of their lives so we talk about that a lot like if you have a harsh aspect from saturn to any of your inner planets or pluto or neptune i look at those a lot and just see where struggle or difficulty might be causing problems Now, that's not to say that someone with a very difficult birth chart, let's say lots of squares and oppositions, necessarily is going to struggle to work through those things. There are a lot of people with much what we call easier charts with a lot of trines, sextiles, aspects that kind of get lazy and they just coast on their gifts or they're given a lot of money or something comes to them. And then they can actually get a little bit power crazy or lose track of their own growth process. So a lot of it depends on just the individual and how they want to work with their energies. But in general, People who have more of the square opposition, the more challenging aspects tend to be more growth oriented in this lifetime or more driven, which is actually what helps them create some of the difficulty in their charts. Yeah, because I know squares are something that people are scared of whenever they see me personally, my chart is square city. But what you're saying is that that's not necessarily a bad thing. And it does present opportunities for growth. For someone who does have a lot of squares, what are some tips that you would have for them to really lean into that energy and thrive? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, squares are my favorite aspects. They're, <laughs> they terrify people who are just getting into astrology. It's supposed to be difficult, right? They, they represent energies that don't get along well and you have all these problems. But 
I also like to think of squares as opportunities to grow as a human being. It's in many, many ways the opposite of a gift. So imagine like somebody who is got into an Ivy League school and their parents have a lot of money and they just went there because they didn't have to worry about the funding of it. And their dad knows like the superintendent, I don't know, <laughs> something like that. And then they have a job just handed to them. There's nothing wrong with that path. That's like the equivalent of that is a lot of trines, right? It's just an easy kind of energy and life kind of just goes along swimmingly. With a square aspect, you have someone who grew up without money in a tough neighborhood. Instead of using their gifts to survive, they had to use hard work, effort and challenges to survive. That makes for an extremely strong human being that is tested. And they can then later in their life, not only get through much more challenging situations, but they can help others do the same thing. And I've often found that people with the most squares um, and oppositions, the toughest charts. I actually know somebody really well right now who has one of the hardest charts I've ever read. She's incredible at what she's been through in her life in different ways, but she's also like the most empathetic person I know. And with difficulty and challenge comes great empathy and caring for other human beings. And so I think that while squares are scary and difficult, they make for a really amazing person who's really been through a lot of challenges. And the more you do with that, the more you can handle. Some of the most successful people in the world, their charts are littered with difficult aspects. So not to take away from <laughs> people who have a lot of easier charts, they can do fine too, you know, by having a little bit of the easier energy. But in general, now that said, not everybody who has the difficult aspects finds success. Sometimes it's too much for them. So whether or not you rise to the occasion, you know, depends on the individual. I've seen both. When it comes to whether someone's going to come into this life with a chart that may be quote unquote easier versus a more challenging chart, does that have any past life influence? If you don't deal with stuff in your current life, you're going to have to the next time. And sometimes it's harder because then it piles on with other things. Also, if you, there's also this concept too of your parents or other important soul family groups, like, you know, soulmates who you kind of travel with from lifetime to lifetime. If you have not handled that energy well in the current life, it'll come back in another form in another life with harder aspects. Or maybe your parents, if they have a long line of dealing with stuff like alcoholism or terrible relationship problems or something. You can sort of take on that karma in this life and try to work through it astrologically through difficult aspects. And if you do that successfully, you're going to have not only a really amazing life in those areas, but you'll help other people too. So yes, past lives definitely heavily influence aspects. I love that. So I'm going to have to talk to my past lives and be like, why did you... (laughs) Do this to me. <laughs> I'm sure right. other people are going to be like, I'd like to speak to the manager, please. <laughs> I know what you mean. I've, I've wanted to do that myself occasionally on really bad days. I'm like, oh, why? Why did you give me Saturn to wear the sun? You know, there are things that come up. That's so funny. At least we can laugh about it, right? <laughs> Have you had a chance to look at any of the transits that are coming up in 2023 yet? So next year, it's a little bit of a calmer year than this one was in a lot of ways, which I think everyone's going to be happy to hear. It's just the energy is a little lighter, a little more individual focused. I think the biggest actual thing that I would say for next year is that I see is Pluto is changing signs into Aquarius. So it's been running through Capricorn for a while now, like a decade, actually a little more than that. And so when it enters Aquarius, we're kind of entering into a new era where our general... Uh, growth consciousness as a human spe- as a species is going to be a little bit more rebellious, a little bit more scientific. You know, how can we advance forward more quickly? What unusual solutions do we have to problems? Very Aquarian kind of energy in that way. 
And that's specific to Pluto, the growth process that we're all going through. It's been a little bit difficult, you know, it's been in Capricorn, there's been sort of a focus on things like economics and big business and all this for a long time. You know, you have all these powerful CEOs like uh, Zuckerberg and uh, Elon Musk, and they're always constantly in the news. But I think we're going to be shifting away from that starting next year. That's the biggest one I would see for 2023. And then Saturn's also going into Pisces next year. Now, Saturn changes signs a lot more quickly, but that means that Saturn's getting close to the end of its natural cycle, and it's going to regenerate in Aries here um, in a few more years. Saturn in Pisces is a little bit of a quieter influence. And so next year is not going to be quite as tumultuous as 22, which is probably good news. Now, I can't necessarily say the same for 24, but... <laughs> Whatever, we'll take the little break if we can get it. Because I swear this year, it's almost like every week we're living through a new astrological event and it felt like yeah. we one transit would end or one planet would go back from being in retrograde and then, oh, nope, now this one, now Mars is in retrograde. <laughs> I think a lot of people have been feeling like the planets are out to get us almost. It's been a rough, yeah, 22 has been rough. The retrograde Mars has been nasty for a lot of people. I, I think everyone talks about Mercury and retrograde all the time as being like, oh, you know, I missed my flight um, or I scheduled this Zoom meeting for the wrong time. It's because of Mercury retrograde, which it, it does do things like that. But man, a retrograde Mars, I think is actually a nastier time in a lot of ways because Mars is like, it's high energy masculine. It wants to move forward. It wants things to get done. It's very embodied. So when Mars is healthy and the energy is good, it's like everyone is out like with physical activity and getting things done and being busy. Not to say that a retrograde planet is unhealthy. That's not exactly the right choice of words. It just means that it's turning inward and it's forcing the planet to kind of look inward and sort of do some soul searching at that time. So retrograde Mars is difficult because Mars doesn't really like to do that. So you get a lot of fits and starts. Like So since it went retrograde about a month ago, we've been in this period of let me know if you've been feeling this. I mean, it's hard to get anything started. It's easier to end things. New beginnings are not great during a period like this. And so it's actually better to take some time and rest and recover. And like, this has not been a year 2022, especially the second half of new beginnings. It's actually sort of asking us to get inside of ourselves, reflect a little bit. There's a lot of retrograde planets. Fortunately, Neptune just went direct a couple of days ago and then Pluto about a month ago. So it's starting to start going direct a little bit here. But because of the way the planets are currently lining up, like a lot of the outer planets, we even have sort of a retrograde season happening most of the years in the last several years, um, around September, October, where everything is retrograde. And it's going to be the case again next year. This year has been particularly difficult because Mars joined at that time. Mars doesn't always retrograde the same time every year. But uh, Mercury, at one point, I think Mercury was still retrograde when Mars went retrograde and Neptune still was and Uranus and Saturn. It's just like, and nobody knows how to start or move forward under that kind of energy. It's like, you just want to sit inside and be in bed and watch movies and eat popcorn. I mean, like, it's that kind of energy. So it's difficult. Yeah, it's really interesting. And then just for listeners, we're recording this on December 7th, 2022. So you guys yeah. will be catching up on this maybe in a, in a month or two. I don't know the exact date. Just for reference, so people can keep up with what we're talking about. With Mars retrograde, I've just been feeling a sense of agitation in the air. And I, I've been getting a lot of stuff done personally, but I'm also personally in a phase where I'm wrapping up a lot of things. So I don't know. I just have this drive to just tie up those boxes and move on. But I'm encountering people who are not in the same plane as me. So it's been, it's been really frustrating, to be honest. 
Yeah, oh, absolutely. And that's a really good point that you bring up the date because by the time this episode airs, Mars will have gone direct. The agitation is real. There's a lot of kind of seething during this time, like on anger that's like boiling and like the lid of like a tea that's not quite done yet. You can hear it hissing, you know, that's that's Mars retrograde and then goes direct and it all can be released. So that's coming soon at the beginning of the new year. And hopefully by the time you're listening to this, we'll already be there. So, but you can remember back to early December and the feeling. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's been a weird couple of months to say the least. So everyone who's listening to this, you were not in fact going crazy. So hope that makes you feel better. (laughs) Yeah. And something that's interesting about you, Mike, so you're also a relationship coach. And I know you work mostly with singles and people who are wanting to get into a relationship or learn more about their relationship style. Do you see any overlaps between your relationship coaching clients and astrology clients? Most of them know what astrology is and enjoy it. I actually keep it separate because I don't want to... Not everybody uses astrology or wants to use astrology as a method for sort of looking inward and making the change they want to make in their lives or reaching their relationship goals. It's a tool that can be used independently in other directions. For relationship coaching, I tend to work with people who have... Yeah, they're single, they're on their own, they want to have a... They have a vision of partnership that maybe hasn't matched what most people want. I have a lot of those types of clients. And so not all of them are astrologers. <laughs> so, but there is there is some overlap in that it, it's strange. Both I think in both cases, you get a lot of people, you know, just like all of us who are looking to improve their lives in ways that with relationships we have like we're trying to bring the energy into us. Like, oh, I want to find my person and get married. And they go out and they have a series of checklists. And like, this is what I'm looking for in a relationship. And instead of thinking about what energy they can bring to others and just having fun with it, it becomes not fun. It becomes like this heavy goal that we have to have. Like, oh, I've got to have my partner. I got to have my person. I've got, you know, instead of, oh, you know, what energy can I get out there when I want to date people? And with astrology, you see that in a different way. Like, oh, what's, when is the transit going to get better? When am I going to have a better time? When are things going to improve? Rather than what energy does this feel like to me? How can I you know, recognize the bumpy ride and maybe have some growth from it? Nobody wants bad times, <laughs> obviously. But yeah, I think just as a collective right now, it helps. And I see this both with my astrology clients and coaching clients. It helps to keep things in perspective and be like, you know, this too shall pass. I maybe this is a growth period for me, maybe being single isn't that bad. Maybe, you know, our culture is constantly pushing relationships on us. You know, there's all sorts of reasons why taking a step back and just kind of having some fun with the process can really be beneficial. I love that. I feel like I have some single friends. I've been single forever, but I have some friends Mm -hmm. that are single that don't want to be. And they're losing. I can just see it. Like they're not having fun with the process and every date that they're on, it's so much pressure for this to turn into something that society will approve of. So I think that's a good reminder, just that it should be a fun process and also to maybe focus on what you're bringing to the table versus what other people can do for you. Yeah. And I love that. We have this culture where it's all about us. It's like, oh, you know, what? what's in it for me? And we approach dating in that way too. I, I did myself. I mean, I thought, well, for the longest time, I was like, I, I want to be able to find like this, I have this vision of this partner and she had these characteristics. And I'll, and after a while, I was like, this is really eating me up and what's what's the point of it? And I met my current partner and I wasn't really trying and I didn't want to have anything to do with relationships. And I was just having fun. And it's the freest and best relationship I've ever been in. And it's because I stopped caring and I just 
was thinking, what can I, what do I want to create in my world as a single person? And, you know, truth be told, I still think of myself as a single person, even though I have a partner. And that is sometimes, I think, the healthiest place to be. You don't give yourself up as a human being just because you get into a relationship of different kinds. So that's, that's my spiel there. Get off my relationship soapbox there. But. I love that because that is one of my biggest fears is getting into a relationship and then losing myself or my life becomes about someone else. And I think that statement, even though I'm in a relationship, I still view myself as single. That may rub people the wrong way, but I don't think you mean it in a nasty way. I don't fully mean it in a nasty way. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I know a lot of people who do that. They lose themselves and their partners. And that puts incredible pressure on the other person and on yourself. You're basically losing yourself like, and what you're meant to do. We're given gifts, right? Like, I think that each individual is unique, kind of like has all these things to bring to the world and all to offer. And if you just want to take a ride on somebody else's mission, and let go of yours. That that's what codependency looks like, and that's not a good place to be. And so, I really, <laughs> I'm a strong proponent in we're all single for life. Whether or not you have a partner or multiple partners, or you decide to be on your own, it doesn't matter. Like we are here to give our energy and share it with the world and help others grow. And let's have some fun while we're doing it. What's with this pressure that we have to like find our person and settle down? It's crazy. Now, obviously, when you bring kids into the mix, that's another story. And like. I don't always think I agree with the way that's done in our culture either, but that's another story. And <laughs> bring that back to God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing that has helped me a lot, I had an astrology reading with someone else a couple of years ago. And mm-hmm. at that time, I was really concerned about, okay, like I'm, I'm 30, TikTok, like where's my partner? And she kind of looked at me like, like with sympathy, like, uh, Girl, the transits that you're in right now, like it's going to be a while. So if I were you, I would just use this time to focus on you. And that wasn't the easiest realization, but I'm so proud of like all the work I've put in and the course that my life is now going into. And it just never would have happened if I didn't have that space. Uh, Could you talk a little bit more about how people can work with transits and maybe just feel a little less pressure and just kind of surrendering to the stars and accepting like, okay, this time is meant for me to focus on X and not Y. Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, God, if we could all do that, that would be amazing. Wouldn't it be like, you know, we can all like just kind of relax and say, all right, this is my lesson the current time. We don't often learn the lessons when we want to. And actually to take it back to like a good example, I had an ex-partner who every year, you know, after we broke up, we stayed friends. And every year she would be like, can you tell me maybe when partnership will come for me? And the 2015, 2016, 2017 would happen. I'd be like, I finally looked at it. I'm like, I think you're looking at 2021, you know, to be honest with you. And I, I'm always kind of honest. I'm like, the energy just isn't there yet, but I think it will be. And she really didn't like that and just wanted partnership. But during the five years in between then, she really worked on herself. She built a life that really reflected her and like did all these cool activities and got into some really amazing hobbies and her work really, really improved. And then she met somebody right when I predicted, not trying to like toot my own horn here too much, but I was like, yeah, yeah, I told you so. <laughs> but That is amazing. Well, I guess I'll have to be booking another reading with you. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I have some things that I want to know, like when are they coming? <laughs> yeah, no problem. I remember she got upset with me too. One of the reasons she's like, oh, I'm just never going to join. I didn't say never. But the idea is like there were some other trans that she could have looked at that were about like building hobbies and career and her life in a certain place that 
to parlay back to what you were saying, if you're looking at your transits and I see just like Saturn or Pluto running over your midheaven, something like that, I'm not going to say, oh, you know, you're likely to meet your soulmate, which I really hate that term, by the way. I'm more likely to say, you know, your emphasis right now in your life is going to be on your purpose and your sense of what you're really here to do. And that's going to be maybe some really hard lessons. You watch someone have Pluto running over their midheaven, for example, that's about letting go of a past way of doing things in terms of their purpose and having to discover a new purpose. But it's a very hard time. That's not a time where you're probably going to be out there like finding new partners, maybe depending on the other transits. But instead, you can kind of look at that and focus on, oh, you know, this is an opportunity for me to maybe reinvent myself as hard as that's probably going to be as a transit. Or let's say you have Neptune running over your moon. That's going to make you a little bit fuzzy about your emotional reactions to things and you won't be able to trust your feelings. Also not a good time to be looking for a partnership, probably. So there's all kinds of ways that you can, (laughs) you know, kind of look at this stuff and say, hey, this isn't my time. That's okay. I'm going to be focusing on what the energy is. And when I do a reading for someone, I'll try to get them excited about whatever the energy is going to be or the transit is, or like, at least if I can't get them excited, because it's not really my place to tell them how to feel. I can at least put it in a way that's like, you know, this is probably an opportunity for you to do this. Focus on how you're emotionally reacting to things. And then at the end of it, say, you know, when you've struggled a lot with emotional outbursts, you're feeling alone and all that, this might be an opportunity for you to actually work on that. And, you know, that's where the stars are telling you you need to focus your energy next or could be because the energy is favorable to that. Our ego gets caught up in wanting things when we want them and how we want them without any mind for what's actually good for us or our growth. And I would say 80% of what we want as human beings aren't even good for us. Like we think we want them. I want to a certain type of relationship my whole life. I actually got it. I had the perfect partner on paper and everything was going great. It was everything I thought I wanted and I was absolutely miserable. That's because we think we know what we want and what's good for us. But the reality is that's often not what matches what's really good for us. And so that's why it's good to take a step back and look at ourselves and be like, it's okay if this is where I need to grow and just trust that process. And that's what astrological transits really are about at their core. They're about showing us where we need to actually look and where we have an opportunity to work on ourselves, whether we like it or not. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was amazing. I think a lot of people are going to resonate. And that can be one of the toughest lessons, right? Is just accepting that I think this is my time, but it's not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, it is the hardest lesson I would say is that nobody wants to come to me and spend $115 at a transit reading and only have me say... Okay, so the next year ahead is going to be a lot of personal growth. You might feel alienated from a lot of your friends this year. You might feel like you don't have your guardian angel as usual looking out for you. I and mean, nobody wants to hear that. I am one of these astrologers that just kind of says it as it is. And But I look at things and I help people work through the tough times and say, this is your opportunity to grow. And when you come out the other side of this, you're going to be so much better off than you were before you went into it. You're going to know how to pick really great friends you're going to feel really good about the direction that you're going and feel like you have something looking out for you. There are ways to give astrology readings that don't <laughs> that don't make things seem so dire. But I don't pull punches when I do readings and I do read the planets and the transits and you're getting what, you, <laughs> what you're going to get. Yeah, you do have a pretty blunt delivery, but it feels, <laughs> com- it feels compassionate. Like I've been on the other end of it and it's never been like doom and gloom or anything like that. It's just like, hey, this is what it is, but yeah. it doesn't I mean, have to be terrible. Right. I mean, in the end, we're all stardust, right? I mean, we all go to the same place or from the same place. And 
this is a very fleeting existence and experience that we have on this planet. So. Yeah. So I guess to wrap this up, we did a little swap. So you did an astro cartography reading for me since I was doing some traveling. That was amazing. And then I did a human design reading for you. And I was curious, it's probably been a little over a month since we did that. So I wanted to know how has it been going in implementing that knowledge into your life? And did you see any overlaps with astrology? Yeah, I love your human design. I mean, it was so much fun. And I learned a lot about myself and about really like, it, I, yeah. And I, mean, I think it's helping me to focus more on some of this work that I'm doing. It kind of encouraged me to be like, hey, you know, this is what I really enjoy. This is what I'm, it's time to, in my own, like in my personal life, go after what really feels good to me and like kind of shut out other dissident voices or the shoulds. And I think that was a lot of, at the base of the theme of kind of what we talked about and some of your work. And it corresponds to astrology very well. I have Pluto running over my mid-heaven right now. It's a massive career change time for me and change in purpose. So they do go together. So I thought that was actually really cool and kind of affirming. <laughs> so I definitely appreciated that. Yeah, it's nice to have validation. What Whatever system it comes from, because there's so many different examples out there. We come across so many different people. What works for one person may not work for us. And it can be hard to, to know, like, is that right for me? Am I crazy? Am I delusional? And there's so much conditioning that comes in too. So it is nice to have these systems that are like, here you go. Here's your little map to figure it out and make it a little easier for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love all these systems. Human design is great. I've just started getting more into it with your help. And I, I think it's a really cool supplement with astrology because it looks at things from a little bit more of a holistic big picture angle in certain ways. And I, I think it's given me a lot to think about too. So that's super cool. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to see what the next year brings you. I think it's going to be amazing. I'm really excited to see it. Let people know what offers you have right now and how they can connect with you. Yeah, thank you. So my astrology website is astrologywolf.com. It's just the word astrology with the animal wolf.com uh, at the end. Right now, I'm taking on any new clients for new chart readings and bookings. If you go to the site, there's a way that you can actually just book a free consultation with me. It's completely free. And we just kind of go over the first kind of what you're looking for in terms of a birth you know, reading and what uh, what kind of help you need for the first 15 to 30 minutes. We'll just have a quick call. And then we can actually do full readings uh, beyond that, depending on if you want to learn more about yourself or about transits or what's going on in your life, relationship struggles. I do a lot with relationships as a relationship coach as well. So for clients, um, and people that have struggled with a more traditional form of relationship that it's just like you get into one relationship and then you get out of it in another and then you get out of it. I work with people on breaking that cycle and creating something more authentic. So, but uh, yeah, I'm happy to help with either. And But you can find me at astrologywolf.com. Okay, cool. And I will put your information in the show notes. Thank you so much. I had such a great time catching up with you. And I think this was an amazing conversation. I learned so much. Thanks so much, Liz. Me too. I had a great time. And uh, thanks for bringing me on today. Mm -hmm.